Greetings and welcome to episode number 12 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales. Happy to be bringing this show to you. This is the show that features original classical guitar compositions from around the globe. And if you have written a piece for classical guitar that you'd like to have featured on this show, all you have to do is simply email an mp3 to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. Just send me an mp3 recording of your music, any information you'd like me to pass along to the audience. And it doesn't have to be a single piece, it can be a multi-movement work. There's no time limit on either end. Just whatever you'd like to share with us. As long as you send me a decent recording, I'll be happy to feature it on the show. You can also contact me with any uh, questions or comments about the show to the same email address, chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. Or alternatively, I have also joined Twitter as of like a week ago. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at guitarhales. That's at guitarhales, H-A-L-E-S, my last name. And I'll be posting uh, updates about the show on Twitter. But also, uh, just whatever, uh, I'll be tweeting. <laughs> I'm going to try anyway. I, I have not been... I'm not a big fan of, of doing the social media, but uh, to, here's the thing. I'm trying to grow the show. I'm trying to just reach more listeners. Um, it's not a monetary thing. The show is not a... Uh, financial means for me it's just simply something I like to do for fun uh, I love hearing all of your pieces I love doing the show and I'm hoping that uh, I can just expand it a little bit to you know maybe some people who would uh, like to participate in the show that have never heard of it that being said if you would like to support the show you can always purchase my compositions that I featured on this show uh, you just go to www.classicalguitarcomposers.com and click on the link titled Sheet Music. It's also where you can go to find links to our featured composers. Uh, just go to the episode page. Uh, for example, today's episode is episode 12. Just go to episode 12 and you'll see links to uh, pages for our composer today. Today we'll be featuring the music of composer Lance Olivieri. This is going to be a great show, so you know how it works. Get yourself a glass of iced tea, sit back, and enjoy. Alright, in the previous episode, I featured a brand new piece of mine called The Graveyard Suite that I'd written specifically to do a Halloween-themed podcast, and um, I've been getting a lot of really kind words about that piece from the listeners, and I just want to tell you all, thank you very much. It means a lot to me. It really does. And uh, if you ever hear something on the show you really like, please tell me about it. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure our composers would love to hear any uh, anything like that regarding their music as well. And now that I'm done uh, writing and recording uh, that last composition, it's been nice to just get back into just normal guitar playing, because I... When I, when I compose, I pretty much, that's all I do. Um, I don't really practice much because I just completely get consumed into what I'm writing. And so I've returned to, well, I, I've actually just broken out some new pieces. And uh, I've tried to be a little less ambitious because, unfortunately, I don't get to practice as much as I want to. But uh, So I've been, uh, I've kind of been in a Mozart mood. Um 
for quite a while. I, I, I've mentioned on the show how much I love Mozart, and unfortunately, Mozart's music just doesn't work on classical guitar very well. There's a few transcriptions, but I don't think it it translates to the guitar with quite the right feeling. Um, but I've been working on the uh, Giuliani Sonata in C. Um, that's just a simple, charming little sonata. Uh, but I love it, and I think that that might be the closest thing we have to Mozart is that piece. It's just, it's a very classical sounding work. Personally, I think that the classical period is probably the most poorly represented in classical guitar. Uh, we just didn't really have a Mozart. I mean, Giuliani, um, Giuliani's a good composer, but he's a little bit uh, stuck between periods. You know, his life is pretty close to Beethoven's. He's about 10 years younger than Beethoven. I think he died, you know, roughly around the same time. And, uh, you know, Beethoven is sort of credited for opening the door to the, rom the Romantic period and really pushing the music forward. And I would say that Giuliani was more looking back, but he was, you know, he's it's, it's just kind of between. Now, I think his music's great, but I don't think it really gives us a, a good representation of the classical period. And I would say the same thing about Fernando Sor. And then you have, like, Carcassi. I really like Carcassi, but he didn't really leave us any major works, right? So anyway, I'm just absolutely loving this Sonata in C. I think it's a delight. I've also been playing that Mudara Fantasy. Uh, I think it's number 10, the one that's the famous one. Uh, also a delightful little piece. Just, I'm uh, just breaking out some things I haven't really done before. I worked on that Mudara quite a while ago, um, and I don't know, I didn't stick with it. I just had too many pieces going at the same time, and that one got cut, but I've been uh, treating it more as an etude, uh, taking a little bit of a break from my complicated relationship with uh, the Villalobos etudes. And there's a few others I've been working on as well, but uh, that Giuliani Sonata has been my main focus, as well as keeping uh, my recent piece in my fingers. Anyway, so moving on, before we get to today's music, I wanted to just take a moment to read an email from Scott Niebauer. Now, if you all remember, Scott Niebauer was our featured composer of episode number eight. And I really enjoyed Scott's music. I also, uh, Scott's got a great sense of humor. Um, <laughs> I've actually noticed something. A lot of classical guitarists that email me, none of you take yourselves too seriously, and I love that about classical guitar. Uh, I've, I'm sure I've alluded many times on this show that... Uh, I think that the classical music world is a little bit snooty, um, and I, I always have really enjoyed that you don't find that so much in the classical guitar section of this of this world. Anyway, Scott was featured on episode number eight, and uh, I've actually felt a little bit bad about something. Um, at that time, uh, I thought this podcast was over. I hadn't gotten any emails for a long time, and I had just sort of had come to an acceptance that the show probably wasn't going to work out. And um, I had talked to my friend Parker about just doing a, a little episode together for fun because I had the podcast, um, but I, I kind of figured it was dead. 
and um, I got this email from Scott right before we were planning, or right when we were planning to do it, and basically Scott resurrected this show, because uh, it was dead. <laughs> so Scott, you'll always have a special place on this show. Um, you know, the, the next uh, person who sent in music, um, I believe he found the show from hearing the episode uh, through Scott somehow. And so it, it just kind of led to more people tuning in. And um, so thank you very much, Scott. So what I always felt, have felt bad about was uh, that episode ended up being extremely long. And I feel bad that Scott's music got stuck on the end of a two-part episode. Um, as much as I enjoyed doing that episode, I just don't like that the music was kind of shoved in the back. Um, so at some point, I'm going to refeature Scott's music Um and, and that goes for actually uh, many of the pieces anyway. I do plan on, you know, if you send in a music at some point um, during a dead time, I, I want to do like a collection of things we've heard over time. Um, some uh, A greatest hits episode or, you know, something like that. Anyway, Scott writes, Hi, Chris. I just listened to the Halloween podcast and really enjoyed it. Nicely done. Thank you for doing it. The Graveyard Suite is very cool. I really like it. I hope you don't mind me saying I heard some Iron Maiden, in parentheses, Ancient Mariner, and some Black Sabbath in there. Or maybe I'm just hearing things that aren't there. Well, I think those are our good influences. I've always liked some of that heavier music, too. I had the Power Slave tape when I was younger, and it's always been my favorite Maiden album, especially Ancient Mariner. Anyway, nice job. And the spooky background music sounded great, too. I wanted to let you know about my evolving view toward unsweetened tea. I've been on the keto diet, which excludes me uh, consuming any sugar, so I've been learning to appreciate your unsweetened iced tea. I think it's iced. I think it's iced tea, not iced tea. Don't you agree? Y yes, yes, I do, Scott. I okay, people. It's iced, iced tea. As it's pretty much the only drink I can order at a restaurant now. What comes to mind is purity, simplicity. You know. It's a good drink with no pretense. It's not trying to be something it's not. No bells and whistles. It, <laughs> it's just take it or leave it. A lot of integrity in that drink. <laughs> yes, that's what I've been. That's what I've been saying. Iced tea. Uh, it's the greatest thing. <laughs> I love that you're uh, evolving toward the unsweetened tea, Scott. I, I, of course, uh, started drinking it with sugar, but uh, my dad used to own a coffee shop, and he got this really good iced tea in there, and that's kind of where I started to drink it, just playing with a lemon, because uh, that iced tea was incredible. Um, man, I wish I still had access to that tea. Anyway, moving on. It, it is a, it, there is a lot of integrity in iced tea. It is a simple, no-nonsense drink, and... Uh, I think if you drink it, you're a better person. Scott continues, Also, I wanted to let you know that I too love the music of the Grateful Dead. I've been rehearsing with a band playing all Dead covers, and we are gearing up for our first gig November 2nd. Obviously, uh, this email came a little while ago. I would love to know how that went, Scott. The band name is Grateful Blends. I didn't come up with that name, but I guess there are worse band names, right? Scott also went on to uh, say a little more about the Graveyard Suite, and um, 
he's been uh, playing with the American Suite, my piece that I featured in the very first episode, and um, seems to be really enjoying that. So, hey, Scott, thank you so much for your email. Um, with The Grateful Dead, uh, what Scott's talking about is uh, I've mentioned on the show that my favorite band is The Grateful Dead, and I've also mentioned my love for Iron Maiden. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and take a few minutes. I want to talk about the some non-classical music, if you don't mind. And if uh, you do mind, just go ahead and fast forward about five minutes, because I got some things I want to talk about. <laughs> so Scott mentioning that uh, he may have heard some Iron Maiden and some Black Sabbath in there. Well, the Black Sabbath was definitely uh, something I was aware of. I don't know if I've mentioned Black Sabbath on this show before, but they are also a, a band that I absolutely love and adore. And uh, their song, Black Sabbath, starts out with this this right my graveyard suite begins with essentially the same pattern right anyway it was certainly not intentionally lifted from black sabbath but uh no i was aware of it and uh and I don't mind uh, saying that. Uh, it's music I love and adore. And what they were trying to do with that song was capture the feeling of a horror movie, essentially. Um, but yeah, that theme, that um, flat fifth is kind of featured throughout the entire suite. Like the Elamon begins with the... And so on. Um, and it's... It's there throughout the entire thing. So yeah, definitely. Um, there's some influence there. But I am a, a big Grateful Dead fan. And, uh, you know, nowadays they've got uh, this thing Dead & Company going. And um, I, I haven't seen Dead & Company once. I it, Last time I saw Bob Weir's band Rat Dog, they, I, I just had had enough because they play everything so stinking slow they they've got all their tempos just way too slow i don't know what it is but bob weir doesn't want to go fast anymore and it just i don't know i, I find dead and company really boring and i'm kind of done well not kind of i i don't care for it uh but yeah I, I listen to grateful dead all the time i just absolutely love their music um and something I like about the Grateful Dead is, uh, I'm not going to say their lyrics are good because I don't really know what they're singing about half the time. <laughs> their lyrics are very, um, they create a lot of imagery. Um, and they, I guess they do have a lot of more story-based songs, but, but they're, they're decent lyrics. And, uh, I appreciate that because most bands have terrible lyrics. Um, Iron Maiden's lyrics, I think are, are decent too. Um, there's two bands right off that uh, just the fact that they don't have bad lyrics make me like them better. One of my uh, favorite bands, also another band I just absolutely love, is Aerosmith. Uh, Aerosmith does not have good lyrics. <laughs> it's like seventh grade poetry. In fact, um, a segment I've thought about doing on this show is a bad lyrics segment where a uh, I play some pretty classical guitar music in the background and recite some bad uh, song lyrics over the top. 
Uh, maybe I'll debut that in the next episode. I think for today we'll move on. But um, yeah, so the Grateful Dead lyricist uh, Robert Hunter, well, both of them, they had two, and both of them have passed away fairly recently. Um, and that's too bad. Another band uh, I've always really liked, but uh, they've kind of lost me over the last 10 years is uh, the Black Crows. Um, okay. The Black Crows, what? I need to hire whoever their advertising agency is um, to promote the Classical Guitar podcast because, holy crap, I'm getting peppered with Black Crows ads. This so called Black Crows reunion tour. Uh, I mean, I cannot get away from it. Like, I don't know what I have clicked on on the internet, um, but I am getting hit hard with with advertisements. And here's the thing. This isn't the Black Crows. This is Chris and Rich Robinson and some dudes not named Steve. You know, they, they got all these pictures. They look absolutely miserable in these pictures to be standing there together. You haven't put out a good album since the year 2000. Your singer might be the most self-righteous person uh, ever. And I've never seen such a more obvious cash grab. I mean, even Kiss going on tour, uh, their final tour for like the 19th time, isn't advertising this hard. So no, that's a hard pass for me. I will not be attending your concert. Black Crows, but but I do love your music. I recently um, made a list of my top ten favorite bands, um, and I've decided something. There's two kinds of people in the world. There are rankers and non-rankers. Um, I fall into that ranker category, and I've kind of picked this up from watching my younger daughter because my younger daughter is absolutely obsessed with lists. I mean, she's got to, like, organize everything into a list. Um, like, her favorite dogs, she's got a list of her favorite animals, whatever. Just a book of, of lists. And um, sort of as a... Uh, just an exercise to see what I would come up with, I wrote down a top ten list of my favorite bands. And, uh, yeah... And then uh, there are the other members of my family who kind of roll their eyes at us um, <laughs> because of the, you know, the, just the list doesn't interest them. So, yeah, I think there's two kinds of people. There's us list people and uh, the non-list people. And, uh, you know, the rankers, such as me, see, we're very passionate people. We're, we're, we're essentially like perpetually drunk people, you know, like, Oh my gosh, the the second movement to Beethoven's Seventh Symphony is that that piece is about me. You know, we're just always uh, so emotionally involved with our favorite things. <laughs> the Black Crows did not make my top ten list. I was a little surprised. Honorable mention, but uh, yeah, when it came down to it, they didn't make it. Grateful Dead were at the top of the list. Iron Maiden made the list. Black Sabbath made the list. I did not include classical musicians on the list. That's a, that'd be a different list. 
So once again, thank you, Scott, for uh, being part of the show and uh, sending me that email. And now I think it's time to move on to the part of the show that is the real meat and potatoes. And as usual, I suggest you pause the podcast, refill your glass of iced tea, or whatever it is that is accompanying you on this journey. And we are going to enjoy the music of Lance Olivieri. Lance writes, Hi Chris, thank you so much for the opportunity to air some of my pieces. I appreciate what you are striving to do for other guitarists and want to support you where I can. There are so many of us good guitarists out there. Ha, I look forward to your 50th podcast. I hope this isn't too lengthy. Uh, Not at all, Lance, not at all. Um, And I appreciate you. Uh, I am very grateful for everyone who submits music to this show. So it goes both ways. Without a show, uh, or excuse me, without music, I don't have the show. So Lance goes on. I purchased my first nylon guitar in Portland, Oregon in 2004. At this point, I began learning five pieces by Tariga, as well as experimenting with my own compositions. Moving to Tucson, I joined the Tucson Guitar Orchestra, led by Jose Luis Puerta, and took lessons from Tom Patterson. I now reside in Seal Cove, Maine, and study under Jeff Rojo. My compositions are representative of major and memorable emotional... (coughs) Excuse me. Major or memorable emotional occurrences in my life. These pieces all have the tuning slightly modified. And Lance has uh, provided a short description of each piece. I'm going to go ahead and read um, the description and then play the piece one by one. I think that'll give us a better... um, Then we don't have to remember, you know, what each, each one is. We can just go one at a time and get fully absorbed into the music. The first piece is called Painter Ridge. Painter Ridge was composed when I met my wife, Irene. We purchased an abandoned and ramshackled old farmhouse in Connecticut. The old fields rolled down past intersecting old fence rows and walls, ending in a forest of maples and thickets. Forty miles distant, the waves of Catskill Mountains moved north on the horizon. The piece was written there on a warm and perfect sunny day. Thank you. 
Next piece is called Cuando mi guitarra sonri. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but meaning when my guitar smiles. Cuando mi guitarra sonri was composed as a trio with contemporary upbeat Mexican influences after an amazing visit to, oh boy, <laughs> Oaxaca. Sorry, Lance. That is spelled O-A-X-A-C-A. Although three parts are written out, I leave plenty of room for improvisation, which can be heard in the recording. Palma was written as a bittersweet tribute to my mother born of Sicilian immigrants. I wanted it sweet, loving, and elegant, just like her. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure if this is pronounced Katao or Katu. But Katu is meant to be a jazzy, energetic tribute to the feline family. I am always amazed at how agile, capable hunters the cat family can be, and yet play wildly crazy. In the high desert in Oregon, we lived out where elusive mountain lions left their prints often. I wrote this while studying two pieces by Celso Machado, where he used this tuning. I used to tune the third string to A. The painter was inspired by my artist wife, Irene. 
I wanted to portray the difficulty, passion, and elation an artist of any type experiences when creating a piece that aims to express emotions or a meaning, uh, or, excuse me, or a meaning that is something not tangible and the enlightening that she feels when a painting finally comes together after a long struggle for the subject, composition, and color. It consists of three separate parts or conversations she is having with her work.
there it is. We've just heard the music of Lance Olivieri. Thank you, Lance. And I encourage you to support the composers who send in music. Um, if you go to www.classicalguitarcomposers.com and go to the episode 12 portion of the website, I will have links to Lance's music. And also, uh, once again, you can follow me on Twitter, at Guitar Hales. So thank you so much for joining me today. I will look forward to seeing you all in episode number 13, whenever that may be. Until then, keep on plucking.